Hey there, my friends. Just a quick message before we get you into the episode. I want to talk for a second about ways that you can support this show. Of course, if you are on an Apple device, giving this show a review and a rating helps get us in front of more people. Or whatever podcast platform you listen to on, if there is a rating system, drop a review, help us get the word out that way. Share the episodes on your social media. Or if you're looking to financially support the podcast, you can join the Patreon. There's several levels there. You can also use the links in the show notes to purchase products like Redmond Real Salt. I get some benefit from that, and that money goes towards allowing this show to continue. So if you're interested, those are a couple ways you can show your support for the Fat Guy Forum. I thank you in advance, and I really appreciate you being here every week to hear these amazing stories. So let's get into the next one now. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am pleasantly surprised and pleased that you're back with us once again as we talk to yet another amazing dude. With me today, I have Chris Murphy. Chris, how are you doing today? How are you doing? I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you very much. I'm doing great. I'm glad we're getting to talk, man. Let's get right to it. That first question... Tell us, Chris, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Oh, man. So um, what qualifies me to be here and have a nice discussion with you guys and and uh, everybody else? I'm so blessed to have been on with everybody else that's been on. Um, it's amazing. So um, what qualifies me is uh, 2018. I, I entered the hospital. Um, I had a bunch of complications, but at that time, I, I knew I was overweight, Um I weighed in at the hospital at 482 pounds. So um, what kind of sets it off, I mean, I I knew I was overweight, um, kind of been overweight my entire life. It was just my staple, I guess. It was me. Um, Everybody knew me as as the fat guy. Um, Never really been fit, never really cared to be fit, I guess, um, to say. I I always figured I could do it later on in life. (laughs) I almost didn't have that chance, you know. so, but in, in 2018, uh, I was working and I had an infection in my groin. I had like a lump in my groin and it started getting really bad. It started hurting to where I couldn't even move. Um, so I told my wife after work one night, I, I told her, I said, I'm going to go to the hospital in the morning if it doesn't get any better. And, um, a couple minutes later I said, I think, I think I just, I better go to the hospital now. It was, it was pretty intense. I, I deal with pain pretty well. Um, but I couldn't even walk at that point. It was just that bad. And, um, so I did, I went to the hospital. She asked me if she, if she wanted, if I wanted her to go. And I was like, yeah, it's probably no big deal. You know, it's, it's a guy thing. You know, you just go to the hospital and, <laughs> and deal with it. So anyways, I went in and, and, um, you know, some doctors came in they looked at it. It was just a, it was just a, like an infection under the skin from like a cyst or something that popped. And, uh, they were just sending me home with some medications and, I had one question asked by the nurse that was working there. She asked me, she said, is there any other reason what brings you here? I guess, you know, and I said, you know, I work outside and this was at the end of summer. Um, it was November, 2018, actually. I said, I work outside and, um, I can't stop drinking water and being so thirsty. I said, I get up and go to the bathroom, you know, 10 times a night. I drink so much water. And, uh, she says, well, are you, are you diabetic? And I said, I've, don't know. I've never even been to a doctor, so I couldn't tell you. I said, I, I know I'm, 
I know I'm really overweight. And she goes, well, let's get you tested. So <clears throat> make a long story short, they finger test, finger prick tested me twice. Um, they didn't like what was coming out. I didn't know any better. So she drew blood work and, um, I knew what room I was in at the ER when I went in there. Um, they told me to go in the room and I heard over the loudspeaker of the hospital that that room was turning septic. Um, so what happened was they came in with a bunch of doctors for my blood work. Um, my blood sugar was over 790. So it was like syrup. My blood was, and, uh, my organs were internally shutting down. And that's, that's why I was, I was sleeping so much. Like I would only wake myself up to go do work. Other than that, I was probably sleeping most of the day away. Um, just figured it was work, you know, the excuses. I, I had lots of excuses. I'm the king of excuses. <laughs> so uh, I got admitted to the hospital. The infection was running wild in my blood because of my blood sugar being so high. Um, and yeah, so I spent Thanksgiving 2018 in the hospital. Um, they couldn't get the infection under control. So a surgeon came in. Um, to talk to me about some options, removing the infection through surgery. That was really the only way. And uh, he was a he was a very religious, very religious guy. And he asked me, you know, every day he came in and checked on me. He asked me if he could pray with me. And I said, I was sure, you know, um, yeah, I'll take anything at this moment. <laughs> and uh, so he said to me right before surgery, he's like, you know, he's like, you seem like a pretty, pretty good dude. He's like, you're pretty level headed. He's like, can I be honest with you? And I said, sure, I, I would appreciate that. He goes, well, he's like, we're going to get this taken care of. It's, it's not a major thing. We're just going to open it up and drain it, clean it out, get some of the dead stuff out. He's like, but if you go home and you continue to act the way you're acting, he's like, you're going to be dead. And that I, people have told me that before. Like, if you keep going this way, you're not going to make it to. And for some reason, I don't know if it was the scenario I was in or the way he said it, the sincerity coming from a dog. I don't know. But it turned a switch, and I knew I needed to. Uh, I needed to change. I needed to change. I needed to to fix something. So, yeah, I mean that's how it began. Um, I got out of the hospital shortly after that, about a week after surgery. Um, I couldn't really walk so much. I had to recover. Recovered, and I'm a pretty big New England Patriots fan. <laughs> so I bought uh, Tom Brady's book, the TB12 book. Because I know how well he is with nutrition and, and, and everything else. So I read it. I'll be honest with you. It's probably one of the only books I've ever read. I'm just not that type of person to read a book. And um, I started incorporating the way he ate, just healthy-wise, you know, some good clean foods, um, things like that. And a few weeks went by, a few months, and I did. I lost I lost about 50 pounds, something like that, um, just changing the way that I ate. That's pretty much it. I cut out a lot of liquid um, calories, sugars, or uh, sodas and Gatorades, things like that. Went to water, whole foods, cooked my foods, no more going out to eat, no more restaurants, fast food. Um, and that's that's pretty much what kickstarted my journey there. So let's go back to before November of 2018. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you talked about, you know, you were always big growing up. And I saw a post on your Instagram even, you know, you're – you, you posted a picture, I think you, you said you were 20 or 21, you know, when you were the big guy then, you know, and 20 years later, you know, where you're at now, like, so you grew up big, like, what do you think it was that drove you to get to 482 pounds? Like, do you think it just was a combination of, of habits and food choices? Was it, 
the relationship you had with food? Like, what, what do you attribute that to when you look on it now? Um, I'd have to, I'd, I'd have to go back to a lot of it was just my, my choices. Um, uh, like I said, I was always the bigger guy, but that, that was, I can't remember so much as when I was a kid on why, but it just became normal. I liked food. Um, I'm a food addict. I'm still a, still a food addict to the today. I don't think you'll ever get over it. You just learn how to control it. Um, I just, I liked food. I liked the way it tasted. I liked how accessible it was. Um, and I really had no, I really had no self-control. I had nothing to tell me to stop. Um, so I just enjoyed what I liked. It's like, you know, I needed more, I needed more, I needed more. Um, and that, that was, that's pretty much it. I just, um, I think that's what drove me there was myself. It was my self excuses. Oh, I, I can do everything that somebody else can do. So, you know, I used to surf. Um, I was just the fat kid that surfed. I skateboarded. I was the fat kid that skateboarded. Um, so I always managed to get by being the quote unquote fat kid. Um, when I was younger at that 20 age, I worked in AC repair here in Florida and I worked in the attics and I was able to crawl around the attics and get around the attics. Um, and, and it was amazement to some people, but I did it. And so I always use that as an excuse that, well, I can, I can do what, you know, the skinny guys can do. Um, so I'm fine. I'll have another burger or I'll have another pizza or I'll have another. And I just never really worried about it. Having, having children young too. Um, we were always going out to eat and um, just trying to enjoy the, the kids, you know, having them grow up and enjoy life. And I just enjoyed it a little too much. <laughs> no, understood. And what was it like living at 480 pounds? Like what was it, you know, like you, you know what you talked about kind of like what it was like as you know, you were living with infection and, and dealing with that, but like in general, like what was life like for you then? Well, looking back on it now, when I was living with it, it was normal to me. You know, I, I normalized everything. Um, but looking back on it now, just the, I had a lot of knee issues. Um, my knees were always swollen. I always couldn't bend them. Um, cause I do pretty manual labor work and, um, I always had a uh, planner's fasciitis in my feet and I would blame it just for working on my feet all day. I didn't really want to blame it on, on my weight. Um, sweating here in Florida, you know, again, that was, that was another excuse that I use. I live in Florida. It's hot. We have a lot of humidity. Um, I would have to change multiple times a day. I'd have to take showers cause you know, the fat guy is always the one that stinks. <laughs> um, so being singled out as far as I'd say, like when you go to a restaurant, um, you get put in certain places and you just never really realize it till you're not that size anymore. You know, um, we would always be put at tables and not booths because I didn't fit in a booth and I would rather sit at a table, but, um, yeah, it was just, you look back at it now and, and you see all the things you missed. I couldn't ride roller coasters with my kids. Um, I couldn't fit on them. So I tried to one time and I, I even had to do the walk of shame to get off of it. Cause I, I didn't fit on it. So after that, there was no more even trying. Um, so, you know, looking back on it, I missed a lot. Um, I created a lot of damage for myself. But at the time, like I said, at the time, it was all normal to me. It was just, oh, that's, you know, that's who I am. So that's what I, I've got to deal with who I am and make things work. Mm -hmm. 
which I think is one of the things that I come across a lot, you know, in my own story and the stories of the guys that I, I, I go through here on the show when we're talking like this. We have, as human beings, this incredible ability to normalize things that a person who's not living through it, when they hear about it, that, you know, that's when the jaw drops and the eyes get big. And they're like, you know, how was that? You know, how were you able to live that life every day? Like, they can't fathom it. But when you look back at it on yourself, you're like, well, that was just the life that I was living. You know, that, you know, I got used to doing those things. You get used to it all. Yeah, like I, I, I contributed to some people that like you get become institutionalized. Like if you're if you're in jail or prison for for a long time, you become way of that life. It becomes your life. You become institutionalized. Well, you you learn to accept who you are, unfortunately, um, and you make things work in that way, and and it always just becomes normal to you. You know, I feel bad growing up with my kids because we never didn't do anything because of how big I was, but. I feel like I embarrass them to, you know, to a point. And, um, so that, that was always hard on me and I, it, you know, so, but I never stopped. We never stopped. We always did the things, but I just felt like, you know, that's, you know, Chris has a fat dad, you know? So. And what do you think it was that it took that experience in the hospital, you know, to really be a pivot point for you? Why do you, why do you think you hadn't made change before that? I mean, I had tried. I had tried before that. I had lost weight, um, like most people overweight have. You know, you see the light for a millisecond. You, you lose some weight. But I think it's a lot of mentality issues you have to deal with. It's not just losing weight. Losing weight is easy. Anybody can do it. Um, you really have – it's the mind control and learning how to change your life and start over. Um, I don't know what threw that switch. I wish I did, but – Besides the doctor saying me that, you know, I had I had some nurses that would say, "Oh, you're a good-looking guy," you know, you're, "Look what you're doing to yourself," and I appreciate that honesty. You know, I've heard the story before from some other people that doctors have said that, and, and then people, no, they don't. I appreciate the doctor, and that's exactly what he said. When you go home, you will die if you continue to do what you do, and. I think it's the sincerity that he said it with, you know, my wife would always tell me, Oh, we, you know, lose some weight. We want you to be around. My kids never really said it. I know they wanted to, but they didn't want to offend me. And, um, I think it was just a complete stranger that actually cared about me. I was in a vulnerable spot. I knew how bad I was hurting. I knew the seriousness of it. When you get a whole hospital of doctors coming in and all, all at one time and putting things on you and saying words you don't know. And, you know, it, it was just, it was a life opening experience and I don't, I wish I would have seen it a different way, but that's how it opened my eyes and I'm so grateful for it. No, I believe that you are, man. And so you started to make, you talk as, you know, I, I'm from Rhode Island. I'm from New England, so I, I can appreciate a Tom Brady fan. I like, I like hearing him pop up <laughs> in someone's story for sure. You know, you started, yeah. you, you started this journey, you know, by making those changes to what you were eating and. You know, you said you, that was kind of the first 50 pounds. What happened after that? Yep. So that was, that was just about the first 50 pounds. Um, and then it was just, I didn't hit a stale. I didn't hit like the wall. I was still losing weight. Um, but I didn't have that mindset change. I didn't have a community to be part of. I was doing it all myself. So there was just lots of pressure on myself. My kids were still eating the way they wanted. My wife was still eating the way she wanted. Um, 
so I just needed a group. I needed a people to be with. So um, there's a guy here in ta- in my town um, who I had just run across on Facebook who had lost or Instagram, whatever. Well, I think it's Facebook at the time who had lost a lot of weight. I was following him. He was doing great. He was holding it off. And well, he was part of the Herbalife group. And um, one day I just happened to walk outside and go check my mail. And well, he was next door working on a car. He did mobile, mobile marine or mobile car service. So I went over and chatted it up with him for a minute. He gave me his card. He said, hey, if you ever want to talk, just reach out. Um, took me a few more weeks. I reached out to him. He had opened a nutrition club here in town. And um, I went over there and started talking with him about it. And I kind of got hooked up with Herbalife at the time. I knew doing my research and then when I was on it that it wasn't a full sustainable diet. But what I took out of the program was the community of people. It was fat people that knew what it was like to be fat. And it wasn't a skinny trainer at the gym telling me to do one more but doesn't know, didn't know the the struggles you have of being overweight, your knees, your legs, your back, things like that. So it was just a community of fat people that I could be honest with. They could be honest with me and we could pretty much just talk to each other. Um, So I did that for, oh gosh, it was probably a year and I lost a hundred pounds. In the meantime, I was still learning and I was still cooking my own food. I wasn't doing the fast foods. The Herbalife is the shakes. I was doing those like two or three a day. I was eating wholesome meals. Um, I didn't just do this full shake diet thing. Um, it, it's helped me set like a path. And I've made some great friends out of it that I talk to all the time. Um, the one guy that I started out with, Mike, he's like a mentor of mine. Um, yeah, so they, they really helped me out when I was getting in that dark period of God, this is so hard. You know, I'm not getting any results super fast. And it was just a great community to be a part of. And that's where it started from there. And then um, after that, I lost 100 pounds. I did start hitting the wall. I started hitting the wall. I was doing a lot of walking. I wasn't doing much gym work. I was in the gym, not much, but I was doing a lot of walking. Every morning, we had a walking club. So five days a week, we would meet at 530 in the morning and walk for an hour. So, um that's to me like the best form of exercise, you know? <clears throat> so, uh, I did, I hit that wall for a few months. Wasn't really doing much. Wasn't really going anywhere. I felt good. I had already lost, a, you know, 150 pounds. I was, to me, I was the best shape of my life, right. you know, but I still had more to go. Still had more to go. And a uh, COVID hit and, uh, me and my wife were just laying around one day on the couch and, Flipping through Amazon, and I, I, I bet you can guess who I found. <laughs> Anthony Lollies, fat, you know, six. So I'm like, let's watch this. It sounds good. I'm watching it. It's making sense to me. It's hitting me. You know, it's connecting with me. Fat guy to fat guy. He was so honest and everything. And he showed everything he could, you know. And um, at the end of it, I was making excuses the whole time watching it. He's a multimillionaire. He can afford to do this. He can have trainers. He can have people cook his meals. He can have Mike from, you know, Ireland come and help him. And I made, I made every excuse possible. (laughs) But at the end of the at the end of the uh, documentary, he comes on there and says, I'm a multimillionaire, but money doesn't have anything to do with this. And it doesn't, 
and it doesn't. So at that point, he's the same age as me. I said to myself, I'm going to be on a stage. I'm going to be on a stage in a year. So um, I reached out to a trainer here locally, and I started hitting the pavement. And and that's the history from there, pretty much. Um, I talk to Anthony all the time. Uh, he's a great guy. He, list, he listens to people, and uh, he spends his own time to actually talk to people, which I really enjoy. So, Yeah, but, no, yeah. He, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's a great guy. It was, it was a yeah, really he, good time to have him, have him on. Yeah, he's a, he's a great person. Him and, you know, then as I started getting into, you know, I'm not a huge Instagram person. I started getting into it, and I ran across uh, Alex Poro and, and Dave, Keto D, and, it's just another great community to infiltrate, put yourself in there. I mean, they're all honest guys. They all, there's no BS. It's just straight facts. You know, if you don't like it, well, oh, well, but that's what you need sometimes. So, um, thoroughly enjoy it. Like I said, I got a trainer, um, and we, we hit the books from there and he's taught me so much and I trained six days a week and I'm down 271 pounds. Um, I can't be happier. <laughs> and you talked about having a goal of getting on a stage. Yes. What happened yep. there? <clears throat> so I had that goal. I said, you know, if, if Anthony can do it at my age, I can do it. Um, I started looking into it. Like I said, I got the trainer. Uh, I just started working out. I started, we started getting a training regimen for not just fat burning, but body recomposition, losing the fat, gaining the muscle or keeping what you have. So you don't become sloppy and, and, I was always like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to have that much skin. I can do this right. <laughs> and um, I found a show here in Florida, April, last April. And um, it was called the Gator Classic in Orlando, Florida. And I uh, signed up for it, committed myself, started training. Uh, I was probably six months from the show when I signed up for it. So we had plenty of time and uh, started training, experienced my first prep for a show, which I thoroughly enjoy. Some people hate it, but I've also learned to embrace the mental struggles um, of weight loss. I think it makes me stronger every single time. And um, my first peak week, and I stepped on stage. I believe there was probably 10 to 15 other guys on the state on there. Um, and I, I won that show in Orlando. Um, that was my first show ever, won that one. Um, it was amazing. I came off stage just, you know, a, such a high, you know, you actually accomplished something that you put your mind to. So it was really fulfilling for me. And, um, I knew that I needed to keep going. I, I didn't want to, I needed, I needed goals. I'm goal oriented. So I, I need to keep pushing myself. So I knew, um, there was another show, the summer shredding show that I wanted to do. So I knew that I had to focus on something. Um, COVID had hit. So I didn't sign up for that one right away. And then I, they, they had another one. I think they had two this year, June and, and October. Well, I just competed in the, I just competed my second show in October. Um, I just wrapped that one up. We just got back and I did, I placed fourth in that one, um, which is amazing. I think there was 30, 40 guys, something like that in that one. Um, but that, that's a great show that, that, that show for any of the listeners, any of your listeners that are even thinking about it, interested in it, I would definitely lean them towards that one, even if you just spend a weekend and go watch it. Because 
it's a different show than some of the other bodybuilding shows I've gone to and done. The community and the way people treat you, it's just uh, it's so welcoming. Everybody's cheering each other on. You connect and network with a great bunch of guys that all have stories. Um, everybody's story is amazing. Everybody's came from somewhere. So you know you're not the only one. And just being able to walk out on stage with your shirt off, you know, as, as, as a big guy with loose skin, it's just you don't care anymore, you know? kind of embrace that so no that's awesome that's, man. And, uh, and it sounds like that's a continuation of that sense of finding community that you were looking for when you first connected that, yep. with the Herbalife group like it's continuing that that sense of not just working towards your individual goals but being surrounded by people that are are in a similar place you know in terms of that that having that drive yeah i really do believe that you need to have um a community base to succeed uh, there's very few people that can do it alone. Um, I really do think you need to have a community and you need to have people you can reach out to and say, hey, you know, run into this. What do you think? Or just somebody to talk to that knows where you come from. You know, my wife, she, she's never been overweight. She doesn't know. My friends, they don't know. They, they're going to be my friends. They're going to give me honest answers. They're going to give me things I want to hear, you know, you know, things like that. So I, I really thrive on the community and, and the friendships that, that I've built. Um, like I said, I think it's great. It's it's almost like an AA. And I think so, especially men, sometimes we get caught up in this place of you have to be the lone wolf. You have to do it. You know, no one can do it for you. You know, that's the big that's the big the big sound trend sound going around on TikTok and Instagram reels right now. You're the whole no one is coming. You know, no one's coming to save you. And I think sometimes people miss the difference, realizing there's a difference between having a community of of people who can you can relate to and draw inspiration and lean on their experience and you're still doing the work yourself and having someone else do it for you and for some reason that idea of connecting with other people to some people is seen as trying to get other people to do it for you and that's really not what it's about like it's it's about knowing that there are times where you have the answers and there's times where those answers come from other places and knowing that you've got people that might have looked for some of those answers before around you can be an incredibly powerful tool. Right, yeah, and and and, and seeing their stories and, and their progress allows you to know that you will have progress if you continue. Um, that, that is the number one cause of people failing their weight loss is they don't see progress um, because they want it too fast. And yeah, I, we can put weight on fast, but taking it off the right way, it takes some time. And um, if you don't have that group, of people that you can assure you that put your head down, do the work. Don't, you know, it's just keep going. Don't stop. And you know, it's, it's going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight, but you can see that they did it. And it's not just them. It's this guy and this guy and this guy, that woman. And that, you know, you know, it can happen. Um, so you've just got to have faith and you, you've got to, you've got to put your head down and, and do the work and, and have no excuses. Like I said, I was the king of excuses. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> For sure. And so what does that mean to you? What does that mean for you now in your life? You know, like knowing that you used to live in this place of making excuses, like how do you live? How do you, how do you live with truth now? Like, what does that look like for you? Uh, so I've, I've realized that, um, there's just no time. There's no room for excuses. I was, I was, I ran out of it. Um, I do emphasize in my life that if I make an excuse now, that's the reason to do what I need to do. Um, 
by making that excuse. So it's me just trying to tell myself, I don't need to do it now. I don't, I can do it later. What blah, 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 whatever it is. All of that is now for me is justification that it needs to be done. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. There's just, there's just, I used all, I used everything. I, I used them all up. I used everything up I had and I put myself in a situation where I almost wasn't here and it's just not going to happen again. And I just look back at that. Like this just, there's no time for that anymore. It's time to just put your head down and do the work. And what do you think are the, the changes and habits and, and things you've built that in your head mean that you're not going back, you know, that allow you to see that there's a path forward and that going backwards isn't an option for you. My quality of life, um, being able to do things I never did before because I was overweight, but I missed out on, but I didn't know I was missing out on because I was overweight. Um, I feel so much better now when I eat. So let's just say, like when I finished my first show, you know, you're, you prep so long, you diet for so long. Um, you cut yourself down, you, your calorie intake, you, you just deplete yourself so low that um, when you come off stage, you see a lot of people just indulge themselves with food. Um, the first time I did not, I came off, I reverse dieted very well. I kept it going. Um, but I, I, I have had those moments where I eat like an idiot and I feel horrible. You know, like I know it when I'm eating it, like I'm going to feel really bad when I eat this because my digestion just doesn't work that way. I don't want the sugars, but I eat them because I used, I, I think back on how it made me feel before. So I eat them. That overrules me at that moment. I eat them. I feel like total garbage. And it just brings me to another reason on why, you know, it's okay to have three Oreos. It's not okay to have three rows of Oreos. Um, so it's just the feeling. I feel so much better now. I'm so much more active. I can wake up in the morning. I can go to sleep at night. Um, I can walk all day. My feet don't hurt. My body doesn't hurt. Um, People look at me differently. They don't look at me as the fat guy anymore. You know, when we go to restaurants, we don't get put in certain sections. Um, I was able to, like, so usually, now that all my kids are older, we usually do, like, a theme park for Christmas. Um, so a couple of years ago, we went to SeaWorld, and my kids made me get on every single roller coaster. <laughs> I'm, not a roller, I'm not a roller coaster guy. <laughs> I did every single one of them, though. I thought I was going to die. But, um... But, you know, those are the things I'm not, that's gonna, that, that I remember I'm not going back. And I really enjoy the bodybuilding life. Um, I, know it's not, I know it's not forever. I know you can't bodybuild forever, but you can be healthy. And you can't take what you learn from bodybuilding to be healthy your entire life. And um, I still got a lot of life to live. So I'm going to be doing it for a long time. <laughs> and it's life that you've earned. Because like, you, yeah. you know, you know, three years ago, you know, three years ago this month, you were, right. you were, you were at the a door of another direction. Yeah. And in a really dark place and, and honestly not even wanting, you know, when I got out of the hospital at first, I was really depressed. I was on so many medications for blood pressure and for diabetes. I was type two diabetic at that time. Um, just in a very dark place, uh, you know, very dark and 
not wanting to be around place. Like there was actually one time that I took way too much medication because I just didn't want to be here anymore. So I was like, this is just too hard. I can't lose the weight. I've never been able to lose the weight. So I took just some too much medication of my diabetes medicine and I fell asleep. You know, thank God I woke up and it was not good when I woke up, but that it's just things like that. I took life for for, for granted and um, it's just, you know, my kids are older. I want to be here for my grandkids. I, I own a business. I, there's so much I got to do in life. And I honestly, as, as corny as it sounds, I found all that through bodybuilding, you know, the community. It's just, I just, I found it all through that. I enjoy it. I love it. I look forward to, it. I look forward to my preps. I look forward to my next show. Um, I got, I'm coming, I have an upcoming surgery. I have skin removal surgery. Um, I know that's, I know that's a big debate, um, between some of the overweight forms and, and guys, some people say embrace your, in your skin and some people are happy with what they have. I don't have any health issues from my skin, but I put in so much work and I enjoy it so much that I want to see what I never thought my body would ever look like. Um, and in order to do that, I have to remove the skin. I have to, I have to remove the skin. So I was blessed enough to be able to save enough money to do it. Um, so I'm, I'm going ahead and actually it's next Tuesday. I was going to say you're <laughs> less, you're less as, as of the recording date of this episode, you're less than a week away from that experience. Right. Yeah. And I'm um, everybody, I keep getting people asking me, am I nervous? And no, I'm not, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm not nervous about anything. I, I, I've been through it all. And so I just can't wait to see the outcome. You know, what's going to hit me more is I think the depression of, I know it sounds corny again, but not go, not going to the gym. It's been two years, six days a week. I train, I train hard. I train, I train, I train. And, um, I'm going to have to learn to deal with that for quite a few weeks, but I, I think obviously I'll be off. I'll be fine. I just have to, uh, it's just going to be hard. It's just going to be another one of those mental battles, but it, all it does is make you stronger in the end. So, and what are you having done? Like what next week? What what procedure are, so, are you having done? I'm having a 360. It's called a 360 lift and FDL. Um, it's called the floor de lee. It's so it'll go around my whole back and to my front. And unfortunately, with my so much skin loss and my back skin, that I have to have the one that goes up also. So usually the, the incision is below the. Um, your belt line so you can kind of hide it but i've just got so much that has to come up so they'll relocate my belly button pretty much give me a new belly button and then pull the sides in so i'll, I'll have a scar that goes up the middle of my stomach too um i'm not i'm not stressed about the scars part of the battle you know um i'll embrace it and that'll be the end of that that's <laughs> it is what it is it's part of the journey and it's so it's part of the story and um yeah, so that, that happens next Tuesday. It's about an eight-hour surgery or so. Spend the night there, and then I'll come home and recover. And we will get back at work for the next show next year. I want to compete again. Um, I'm definitely going to go to Summer Shredding again next year, the Athlete Summer Shredding. I just enjoyed that show so much. I don't know if I'll be competing, if I'll, if I'll be healthy enough and, and recovered enough and trained enough for it. But just I want to go there to support the other guys that are there. Everybody, everybody deserves it, and um, it's amazing. I'm gonna uh, 
definitely compete next year towards the end of the year in the WBFF. I think I have to do that one. Um, and we'll, we'll see what from there. I'm, I'm not going to stay in transformation. Um, we're going to either move to classic physique or men's physique, depending on, you know, how you can do it. But it's, it's not even about comp competing against other men. It's competing against myself. It's getting out there and doing it. Um, I just have a blast doing it. I have a blast going out there and just showing off. <laughs> and I, I don't have a whole lot. I don't have a whole lot to show off. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm 40, I'm 42 years old. You know, these are all younger kids, 18, 20s, but it doesn't matter to me, man. It's like, I earned this spot. I earned, I did what I did and I'm here and I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to flex. I'm going to show it off and I'm going to have a good time. Well, and, and like you said, it's about the mindset, like, you know, getting thriving in a, in a bodybuilding environment is definitely about mindset because I think there's a lot of people that think they want to do it. And then when they get into it, realize, okay, this wasn't for me, you know, and you see that with some people, especially I think people that go into transformation divisions, you know, I think there's a percentage that come out of it and they're ready for the next show, you know, and the, the cut and the, you know, the prep and the peak week and all of those things, you know, become this exciting kind of like energy building experience for them. And then there are other people that go through it and realize, okay, I did it, but I don't feel like I need to do that again. You know, like that wasn't the place where my, my head thrives. So I think when you find something like that and that, you know, and for some people that's what it is and for other people it's different things, you know, it's good to know what drives you and what allows you to feel like you've got something to move forward on. Right. Yeah. And it's, um, like, it, again, it, it's mentally challenging. It is not an easy process that, you know, you could sit at home and watch these ridiculous guys go on stage with these ridiculous spray tans and, but the mental strength, it's nothing about the gym. That's the easy part. <laughs> um, going to the gym and, and picking things up and putting them down. That's the easy part. Um, it's the literally le the legit mental part of it when you're getting down to the nitty gritty and, you're you're literally weighing every gram of food you put in your mouth. I know what my body works at. You know, I know where it optimally performs. I know what weight I optimally perform at. I know how much water I should drink. And it's so ridiculous on how dialed in I am on my body now through my coach. I mean, he's taught me so much. Um, it's it's just amazing the little tweaks you can do and and how you feel. That's what I've taken out of it. Um, Besides the excitement of the peak week and stepping on stage, that's all, that all ends really quick. You know, um, the second you're off stage, it's over. And that's where, that's where it can get kind of dangerous for people. You know, they, it, they hype it all up, you know, they're in prep 12, 13 weeks and then it's over in like hours it's over. And for some people that's dangerous. Some people it's, it's over and now they don't know what to do with their lives or, or they go out and binge, especially people that are bent overweight in the transformation division. And I can get dangerous for them. Um, but other than that, I've, I've learned to embrace it. I've, I got a great, my coach is a pro, you know, we got uh, the groups I'm in, Poro, D, all, all those guys, they've all done it. You know, you can learn through them. You can talk to them. Everybody's great. So um, Anthony's great. It's just amazing. The, the, the community is, that's what I said. If, even if you don't ever want to do a show, just going and, and, and spending some time watching everybody and, and 
how they work together. It's just amazing. You just, you, it takes the everything that's happening in the world. It doesn't even evolve anymore. You know, it's just amazing. And, and thing, it's an experience. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I'm sure that it is. And I, I mean, and, and of course uh, there's a part of me that wants to ask about the five pound cinnamon roll. Um, Oh my God. <laughs> because uh, just so you know, that was something that, um, Poro and, and David and, in a group of our friends, we were talking because they were very, David was very much about trying to find food in Texas when he was there, like wanting to find out what the right. specialties were. And I think I had randomly saw that on someone's page and shared it to them. And they were like, okay, this is wild. And I'm like, well, I want to see, I got to see what it looks like in person. You know, I got to see someone with a picture of it. And then I think it was your page where I'm like, there it is. There's the monster that like, no, no, it would kill any human being, but. Yep. So after, like I said, after my first show in April, I reversed diet very well. Um, it just, there was really no cheats. There was no nothing, you know? Um, this show, I'm like, you know, I'm in a good place mentally. I can go out, have some dinners, enjoy myself. Poro put an amazing dinner together um, in Texas. He showed up. He didn't compete, but he was there to support everybody. Got all past winners, uh, people that competed. There was... I think we lost like 3000 pounds or something like that at the table when we added it all together, but it was just amazing. But so, you know, I took care of myself. We, we went out some, I think my daughter found the five pound cinnamon roll on TikTok. or her friend sent it to her. So we were just bored. It was Halloween the day that we went and did it, I believe. And we were bored. So we're like, what is around here? So I Googled where the bakery was and it was like 20 minutes. I'm like, let's go. We're doing it. <laughs> when we walked into place, it is nothing. It is a little hole in the wall, a little hole in the wall shopping plaza. Like you would be like, do I want to eat here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is then, this safe? Uh, is this really? You? <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, they had some donuts and stuff and um, we, we saw it. It's only 14 bucks. And I'm like, holy crap. So she said she had one left. She brought it out in a cake box. <laughs> and I'm like, we're looking at it. And not just that, but they give you like the styrofoam cup. That's probably like a 32 ounce cup of full of icing, like straight diabetic coma icing, right? So we take it and we get home. And that night we sit down, me and my daughter and my wife, my daughter came with us to Texas for the show. We put it in the oven, heated it up, poured it on there. And it was just ooey gooey deliciousness. I think I had like two chunks of it. And then the next morning we heated it up. More, half of it went or three quarters of it went in the trash just so we couldn't take it back you can't eat, if you eat the whole thing you're gonna be in trouble but it was the experience and it was good let me tell you it was the best thing i had in texas out of the taco truck uh, out of the taco trucks and dinner with Poro. like this thing was the it was so good like you would think it would be so crappy just like dry no it was amazing i don't know i don't know it was amazing best thing i had in texas <laughs> But do you really want to be the guy carrying half of a five pound cinnamon roll as you're carrying on on the airplane? You know, like that. Right. You, you know, you're orange like an Oompa Loompa because right. you just got a spray tan. <laughs> you're carrying a five pound cinnamon roll that's like dripping out, mm. icing all over the place. Yeah. No, no, I didn't need to. That's do not that. a good look. That's not a good look. <laughs> no, but that I, definitely is not a good look. And I do think that, Chris, there's something. There, there, there's something. One, I, I, in a lot of ways, I always love the serendipity of some of these interviews that I do. And. I, I love that we're talking about November of 2018. You went into the hospital against your will, you know, not against your will, but it wasn't your choice. Like to say, Hey, let's find something to do. Like, you know, it was a medical emergency that put you there. 
And now it's it's three years later, November again, and you're going into surgery on purpose, you know, with with purpose, I guess is a better way to put it, you know, with like a driven choice to say, okay, this is the next phase of my journey. And, you know, I, I think it's quite the journey that you've been on, you know, when people can follow your story, you know, as, as much as just say, you know, you're not that big, a, you know, an Instagrammer, like you, you, you document well, kind of like the different things you're facing, you know, yesterday you put up, you know, or was it today that you put up your, it was your last workout for six weeks with the surgery coming. Yeah, that was yesterday. That was yeah, yesterday. That was my yep. So okay. you've got, you know, people can go there and they can all, if they want to see a picture of the cinnamon roll, they of course can go there to do that as well. But if they do want to connect with you, man, and, and see what comes next for Chris, uh, where do they find you? Let's, before I forget to, to ask you that question. Yep. So I'm on Instagram. Um, it's no underscore excuses underscore Chris. Um, that's the, I guess what you call a handle on Instagram. I think that's what they call it. Tag name. Yep. So everything I, I try to document a lot of it through there. Um, I didn't document a lot when I was overweight cause I hated my picture being taken, but I realized the importance of it now. So I try to document stuff. I'm not that guy that stands in the gym and takes nothing but pictures, but I do try to document some of my workouts. I do try to document when I'm feeling a certain way so that people you know, no, Hey, this is normal. You know, like I try to document some of the food that I eat, kind of how I eat throughout the day. Cause I get asked that a lot. Um, and I'm going to document the surgery as much as possible. I've already asked them if my wife could record it because she's, she has ER stuff cause she's a nurse and things like that. And, uh, they said she can't do that, but I'm going to see if they can get some pictures throughout the surgery. Um, just to document it. I had questions looking into mine. I wanted to see as many pictures, tips, you know, scars, advice. I, I want, I, I was sucking it all in trying to find and, and do the best I could. So I want to document it because I'm sure someone else is going through the same exact thing. So, um, I'll document it from the second I come out till I hit that gym back again. <laughs> and what do you think? Let, let's talk about that for a second before we, you know, I want to kind of move, I don't want to keep you all day, but I, I think yeah. it's, it, this is a good opportunity for us to talk a little bit about if someone out there is thinking about, skin removal and what that looks like and all of that. Like, what are the things you think a person needs to keep in mind when they go into beginning that process? Like, what are the things, what are the things they should be thinking about? Um, well, you have to be mentally ready for it. Um, you're going to see a huge change, obviously, when some people I hear stories that they weren't ready to see themselves the way they were. Um, a lot of people hit some depression I hear you have post-surgery depression. I, this is all stuff I've been preparing for. I haven't obviously hit that part yet, but I'm preparing for it. Um, mine, I just did lots and lots of research. I literally would put in Instagram, FDL tummy tuck, um, the tag, and I would find people that had it, and I would click on them, and I would send them a message. Um, I would ask them all kinds of questions. Do your research, find the best doctor that works for you, one that you feel comfortable with. Um, I didn't price shop. I was thankful I didn't have to. Um, it was either I was going to go for a surgery down in Miami or up here in Ponte Vedra Beach. Um, it's really close to my house. Actually, I got lucky with a great surgeon. Um, does great work on men. So uh, that's how I chose it. I didn't look at money. The money wasn't even an option. Obviously. It was an option as in, I, yes, I could only afford a certain amount, but 
I wasn't going to go with the Mexico option or, you know, because it's cheaper. Um, if I couldn't afford it, I would have just kept saving up my money until I could afford it. It was double what I thought it was going to be um, because I have to have the FDL one, which goes up. Um, I just saved a little bit, worked a little bit harder, saved a little bit more and, um, and, and pay and, and paid for it. So yeah, it's going to be an exciting journey. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it doesn't matter how it's going to turn out because it's going to be awesome either way. So but I would say do your research and, and, and find a doctor you feel comfortable with not, you know, but get, just educate yourself with questions, ask people, you know, and, um, tips of the trade, like. I got a chair right here that I just, I just bought because I got to sleep in a chair for like eight weeks, you know, a lot of things like that. So it's a lot of tips and things like that. And like you said, you know, the, the through line of this discussion, find community, you know, connect with people that have been through an experience you're looking to go through and talk to them about what it was like, get advice, like build on that. That is number one. I mean, you got to have a support system and Sometimes my wife takes it personally because I don't – she's a support system but in a different way. You can't have your family members or your best friend as a support system in the way that you need it because they are going to tell you what you need, what you want to hear because they love you. They're not going to tell you what you need to hear. They're going to tell you what you want to hear, most of them. Um, so it is really good to connect and, and, and to just – reach out and, and find a community of people that you can follow their stories on Instagram and see where they've been. I mean, like Alex is probably Poro is probably one of the best you can watch. He literally had, he would be a guy that would stand on the beach at 500 pounds with no, just shirt off. Just this is me, you know? So you, you can follow his whole journey through that. And it's amazing to see that. And, and the attitude that he has nowadays, it's just, it's amazing. It's great. And, you know, he's way younger than me, but I connect with him and I, I, he's like a mentor to me to where I follow him. And, and he's helped me through so many mental battles just with his stories. It's just amazing. You have to have a support system that works for you. You know, that's number one. You have to. No, I 100% agree with that, man. Yeah. So Chris, so. I end every interview with five questions. I call the fat guy five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Let's do it. Okay, so question number one, Chris, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Favorite fat guy? I mean, I'm a 90s kid, so it has to be Chris Farley. I mean, uh, that Saturday Night Live skit with the Chip Chippendales. <laughs> I mean, it's got, it's got to be Chris Farley. There we go, man. There we go. Question number two, Chris, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? to uh appreciate life it is so precious um it's such an overstated thing to say appreciate life but unless you are on the brink of it where you want to end it yourself or you've created such a situation that you're in to where it's over like you really realize how much life means like you actually see colors in a different way it's so weird to say but you look outside and you learn to appreciate color and wind and air because it can be gone in an instant and being a fat guy it's uh it can go any second there's so many health complications so i've enjoyed i've learned to just take a breath and enjoy life question number three chris 
So what is something someone out there listening who wants to get their journey started today? What is one concrete thing they can do today to get started? Do it. Don't don't hesitate. Um, do your research. You can YouTube nowadays is amazing. There's so many people you can follow on YouTube, get great ideas from. Um, there's such great communities you can reach out to or just connect to. You don't even have to reach out to them. Just just connect with them and just follow them and watch them and it will help change your mindset. But just do it. And just remember that it, it takes time. It's not going to happen in a week. It's not going to happen in a month. You're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have your mood swings. You're going to have your, your slip ups where you have pizza and you can't punish yourself. You just, you have to just do it. It's, you get, you got to jump right in. You got to do it for you. You really also, you can't do it for anybody else. Yeah. It has to be all for you or, or nothing. I love that, man. Question number four, Chris, what is one thing about yourself that you love? Oh man, this is a hard one because I obviously didn't feel like I loved myself for the longest time, you know, um, treated myself the way I always put people in front of me, but, uh, it's, it's still a hard question to answer, but, but what I love about myself is I guess my commitment to myself, I've learned that that's, that's important. I need to put myself first. It's not selfish to put yourself first. Um, as if you're not here mentally, physically, you can't be here for whatever else you're doing. So, um, I've learned to love myself. I've learned to love I know it sounds weird. I'm getting skin surgery. You know, why would you do that? If you love yourself, I love myself. Like I don't need the skin surgery. I've already stepped on stage in front of thousands of people with my shirt off, flexing, not caring in the world. I walk outside I love myself. I love that I'm here and um, I want to take care of myself and put myself first. So I love myself. There you go, man. <laughs> and question number five, Chris, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? To open another business um, and improve my marriage. Those two solid that, things right there, man. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, health and fitness, that's me now. So that's not even a goal anymore. That's life. That's <laughs> everyday thing. Um, so I want to start another business. And uh, you can always work on your marriage, in my opinion. So I need to improve that. There you go. Well, Chris, I want to say a big thank you for coming on the show today, sharing your story and your experience with everyone. I, I know there are going to be people out there listening that are going to get a lot out of it. So just a big thank you, man. And again, I appreciate it. It's, it's an honor to be on and I have to follow all the other people that have been on. And um, again, I appreciate it. And thanks for taking the time reaching out to me and, and doing this with me. I, I can't wait to see what the future holds. Definitely, man. Definitely. And, and I'm excited to keep following along in your journey and everyone out there. I'm going to put a link to Chris's profile in the show notes so you can catch up with him if you haven't already and make sure you're you're following to see what comes next. And Man, we'll have to have you, when when you're approaching that show next year, we'll have to have you come on and talk about going through the experience of skin removal and recovery and, and getting back into it. So, Because I think that'll be an, an exciting thing to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely would love to talk about it and, and have, answer questions for people and, and just help whatever their decisions are. Yeah, definitely. So there you go, everybody. If you want to connect with Chris, click that link in the show notes. If you want to find me, you can also find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. 
and all that jazz. There's links. Go there, do the stuff in the links. And then go on outside or inside, depending on the weather. We're getting cold in some places now. But remember, do something today to amaze yourself because you are the most amazing people I know. And then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Thank you.